It is Wednesday night. I have got so many things that I want to say to you, and I don't ever really know how to say it all. I try to preach from one end of the Bible to the other. I've gone through the book of Genesis. It took us about three years on Sunday morning. If you really want to know where to begin, watch that series. It's got about a hundred and... Uh, 200 and so messages that you need to see in order to understand this. I wrote something on the board. I've had this title to message many times. And I wrote up here, Why People Do Not Believe in Predestination. It's not necessary to them because they do not know how wicked they are. God has not revealed to them the darkness of their own heart. The darkness of our hearts, it it is a must to every believer. If God doesn't open your heart and show you how evil you are. Now in America, if you're a good Baptist and you go to a Baptist church and you're a deacon and you're in business, you don't have to have to uh, say I'm a real bad sinner. In fact, most people in America don't look at themselves as bad as their sin. People think it is the only way you can be an evil sinner and have a dark heart, you have to have sins. Well, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Most people just do not want to recognize who they are And unless God opens up your heart and you're willing to say, I've got a wicked heart, the best definition for repentance I found was over here in Jeremiah 31 and verse 19. And verse 18 says, I have surely heard Ephraim bemoaning himself thus, Thou hast chastised me. Now Ephraim is talking about northern Israel because Ephraim was the second born son of Joseph when Joseph was in Egypt and God had blessed Ephraim and Ephraim was the head of northern Israel. One of the kings of northern Israel was Ahab and he's the one who brought fire and tree worship into northern Israel. So the reason this says that has chastised me. I was chastised as a bullock, unaccustomed to the yoke. The yoke of a kingdom was the laws of a kingdom. Yoke. When the Bible says, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. That was the laws of a kingdom, was the yoke. That's where a bull would bow under the yoke and pull the plow without fighting. Then he says, he says, I was unaccustomed to the yoke. Turn thou me, Lord, you must turn me because I am under your tutelage. I am under your direction and I shall be turned for thou art the Lord my God. Well, turn has to do with repenting. And he says that in the next verse. Only if you turn me, I'll be turned. That word Repent in the New Testament, metanoia, M-E-T-A-N-O-I-A or N-O-E-O, different spellings. 
repent or repentance means to be turned and think differently. We have to be turned in order to repent. When men do not know how wicked they are, they're not being turned away from their selves. I was in real estate for years, and everybody in real estate thought they were pretty good guys. Well, you saw the front of them when they would come out and meet their clients, and they would shake the hand and well, hey, it's good to see you, and I just love your card, and you got a beautiful wife, and, and your kids are wonderful, and they'll say anything to you to get your confidence. And a lot of them drank behind the scenes. A lot of them were alcoholics behind the scenes. There were several of them that died in in alcoholic-related car wrecks. They died in uh, kind of driving out of out of a uh, uh, out of a nightclub after a night of drinking. A lot of them run around on their wives and on their husbands. The people behind the scenes that go to the big fancy country club, they're not what they look like they are. And they think they're pretty good people. Surely after that I was turned, verse 19, will tell you what repentance is. After you turned me, I repented. Only if God turns a man will he repent. Otherwise he will not. God has to reveal a person how bad their sin is. But most people think, well, I don't rob banks, and I don't kill people, and I don't steal from people. I'm a good moral person. Well, did you know that all you have to do is think it in your mind? Jesus said, if a man looks upon a woman to lust after her in his heart, he has committed adultery with her. Did you know that? If you lust after something because you want it real bad, it is very difficult to come to a place in life where you don't lust after things. Lust, epithumia, E-P-I-T-H-U-M-I-A, means to breathe hard, to superimpose that upon your life. I got to have her. I got to have it. I want my place in life. People lust that are just aspiring to be rich and famous. I aspired to that for years. And I found out that's not what God wanted for me. He said I repented and after that I was instructed. When you repented, when you repented, you will be instructed. You will be instructed which Uh, is a word that means to see and to understand. I smote upon my thigh. That meant to take an oath, to place it upon your thigh. We get the word testament from that. It meant to place the hand upon the testicles of the leader of a family and say, I swear upon my children and children's children. You see that in mafia movies. That's where they got that from. I was ashamed. These people who do not believe in predestination, they know no shame. Because they have not, it's not been revealed to them just how evil their heart is. They don't know. That applies to everyone. No one in the hearing of my voice is is not innocent. Nobody's innocent. If God had left us all to ourselves, 
Every one of us would have gone to hell because any sin you commit is deserving of hell. That's what it is. And if I ask the whole world, have you had sin? Well, yeah, we all have. But God understands a little sin. He does not understand a little sin. I was ashamed and confounded. The word means to be, I was insulted. Kalam, K-A-L-A-M. God has insulted us by telling us you're worthless outside of me. And I did bear the reproach. The word reproach (laughs) means infamy. I became infamous in the eyes of God. He revealed it to me, and I was willing to own up to it and admit it. I've said this from the pulpit many times. I know what sin is. I sang in nightclubs all over America. I've been in more nightclubs than everybody in this church put together. Ain't no doubt about that. I have sang and I was sang in about 250 military base clubs. I've been in Davis Monthan out in Tucson, and in uh, I've been in Luke Air Force Base and in in Phoenix. I've been in Shepherd down in Texas. I've been I've been over in Florida to the bases over there to Eglin and England and England Air Force Base in Louisiana. I've been to Seymour Johnson in North Carolina. I've been to Fort Hood, Fort Seal, Fort Polk. I've sang in all of these places. I've been in K.I. Sawyer up on the Michigan border. I've been in in Goldsboro. I've been to the I've been all over the country. And you know what's in nightclubs and nobody can make an excuse to me. Nobody knows it like I know it. There's one thing in nightclub that ever that has in common and that's called sin and that's it. It's there. No one can tell me what that's about. Because I know all about it. Now, I'm going to read to you the definition of predestinate out of Kittle's New Testament Dictionary of Greek Words. Kittle's. This is a ten-volume set. And it's not the only definition. It's just the definition of prohorizo. That is the word predestinate. People don't like predestinate because it doesn't sit well with them. It goes against their free will or their self-will. They think it's free will and it's self-will. That's all it is. The Bible says all you have is self. Prohorizo will tell you. This is out of Kittle's New Testament Dictionary. And it's a ten-volume set. The comparatively rare and late word is used in the Greek Bible only six times in the New Testament. But how many times is John 3.16 in the Bible? One time. One time. And it's a late word only six times in the New Testament. I can give you all those words. It is the word predestinate there in Ephesians 1 and 5 having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ unto himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Now, people hate. They think Romans 8 and 29 is the only place that it's there. That's where the Bible says, for whom he did foreknow. 
not what he foreknew, whom. And you have to go into an interlinear Bible to find out what that means. It is a pronoun. It's a pronoun. Whom is masculine gender singular. It means the men, and that would include women, that God foreknew, prognosco. Pro meaning before, gnosko, we got we get the word prognosis from that. Now, prognosis is something a doctor does. It means to know beforehand when he examines you. Well, they don't know anything beforehand. They're guessing beforehand according to their education. So I, I call that what they do. I call it a prognosis. Prog. This is what doctors do. Prognosis. Prognosis means to know beforehand, to know intimately. And God has a people that he knew before the foundation of the world. That's what Ephesians 1 and 4 says. He had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy. He chose us to be holy. Now, this is not God wishing. This is God determining that a certain people that he's chosen would be holy. Hagios. Hagios means pure or single. Now, according to what you are, you have absolutely no ability to be holy. That word holy, hagios, is the same word as saint. So if we if we have been chosen, we are already saints. I can start calling you saint, uh, saint Glenn and saint. Because if you're holy, God is making you holy. But holy is not something that comes on us all at once. He's chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and without blame. Without blame before Christ. What he's chosen us to. Eklegomai. E-K-L-E-G-O-M-A-I. It means to lay out beforehand. Lego is the verb form of logos. Logos is the word word. And ek means before or from the beginning or from outside of the beginning, outside. So he has legoed us or chosen us for the word from the beginning. He's chosen us before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame. We have been chosen to be holy and without blame. How can that be when the Bible says there is none good? There's none that seeketh after God. How can that be? Because God has to birth a people by His will It has to be by his will only. You cannot birth yourself. No one conceives themselves. If anybody here remember when you were conceived, 
I mean, did you have something to do with it? No. Do you remember, do you remember when you were born and you were just a day old? Uh, you can't even remember when you were born spiritually. People say, I remember the time and the day. No, you don't. I don't remember when I started believing God because before I started believing God, I didn't believe God. And what made me want to believe God wasn't me because if it was me, then I can take credit for the day that I believed and say I did it. It was up to me. No, it wasn't up to you. It was up to God. So we've been chosen before the foundation of the world to be holy. But since, since we are not holy... And there's none righteous, not one. How are we going to be born? And how are we going to be holy? God births us by His will. When we're birthed, we were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. What's born inside of you is Christ in you. And you didn't have anything to do with Christ coming alive in you. It wasn't walking in an aisle. It wasn't by an invitation to Him. And it wasn't by any sinner's prayer. The Bible says, God does not hear sinners. If any man's a worshiper of God, doeth His will, him he heareth. And how shall any man call on a God he doesn't believe in? How then shall they call on Him in whom they've not believed? Romans ten fourteen. Romans 10, 13 says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But you have to be believing before you can call. And belief is not in your heart. When you start off, you have just got nothing but the outer man, which is the flesh. And when Christ births himself in you, we were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Man doesn't have a thalema an ability to determine his birth. That word will is thelema, and it means a determination. You don't have any determination because you're a sinner, you're dead in sin, and you cannot bring yourself alive. You got an outer man that was here at birth, and that's the flesh, and Paul tells you all about that when he speaks of the outer man and the inner man. Put on the inner man. And get rid of this outer man. But that takes a lifetime to get rid of self. Let me finish reading this about predestination. It's mentioned there in Ephesians 1 and 4. uh, 1 and 5. Having predestinated us in the adoption of children. Adoption is the word huothesia. H-U-I-O. T-H-E-S-I-A. Huios, it's a construction of huios and tithome. If people would, if the Baptist preachers I was raised around, if they would look up these words, that word adoption, you can't do anything with this but define it. Adoption has the same meaning as it means in the English. It means to tithome place huios sons. If you go to an orphanage and you're going to adopt a son, it is not up to the orphan as to who they're going to be adopted by. It's up to the people where they want to adopt that one. God says, that's up to me who I adopt and place in my family. You can't get into the family any other way than being adopted, placed in the family by the will of God. Then you've got 
the word over there down in verse 11 of Ephesians 1 that we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated. Our predestination has to do with an inheritance. Well, if you're a son and then it, then you inherit inheritance is the word clero nomia. It, it's construction of kleros and nomos. Nomos is the Greek word law and kleros means a portion. It's a le- You have a legal portion because you've been placed as a son in God's family by his will when he adopted you and you didn't there was nothing you did nothing to be adopted nobody did anything because there's nothing good in you to be adopted let me read the rest of this all right of course you have the verse whom he did foreknow he also did predestinate be conformed to the image of his son that's Romans 8 and 29. Then you have the word again, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. That verse, Romans 8 and 30, shows you that everybody was not predestinated because predestinated in Romans 8 and 30 Predestinated, called, justified, glorified. Every one of these are past tense verbs that meant you were called before the foundation of the world. You were predestined, not wished. God doesn't wish you'll come in. He's called you. He's justified you. Everyone that he called, he justified, called is the word kaleo. Ek kaleo is the word church. Ekklesia, ek, E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A, is a construction of kaleo and ek. It means called out. We were called out of this world, and everyone he called is in his church, because ekklesia is the word church. And everyone he called, he's justified, D-K-I-O-D-I-K-A-I-O-S-U-N-E. Or not, excuse me, D-I-K-A-I-O-S-U-N-E is the word righteous. And this means to render innocent. He's rendered us innocent before the foundation of the world. And glorified is the word doxa. And we have been glorified as though we already received our bodies in the mind of Christ, our perfect bodies, as though we've already been born again before the foundation of the world. Everybody doesn't have a chance. Let me read the rest of this thing on predestinate. Since God is eternal and has ordained everything before time, that's what he says here in Kittles, Dictionary of New Testament. Before time... Prohorizo is a stronger form of of apirizo. The synonyms and textual history show that the reference is the same. Romans 8 and 29, Romans 8 and 30, 
the omniscient God has determined everything in advance, both persons and things in salvation history with Jesus Christ as the goal. But God sets it up before the world began. When Herod and Pilate worked together with the Gentiles and the mob against Jesus, it may be said in Acts 4.28, Herod lies the hidden wisdom of God in a mystery. Well, that's what it says there. Let's look at that one more time. Go over there to Acts 4.28. I'm giving you the different places that this is the word prohorizo is used, you cannot get around the definition. The reason people don't believe in it, they've changed the Word of God because they don't like predestination. It makes them look like something that they don't like to look like. And they don't like the idea of being something so evil that God's make a decision for them. That's a lot of it. Boy, that was a great statement I just made that God has to make a decision for them if they're getting into heaven. They don't like that. They like the idea that they get to go no matter what happens. Look here at Acts Acts 4.28. Acts 4.28. Peter and John just been taken by the Pharisees and threatened because they had healed that man uh, in the first part of this, he was lame from his mother's womb, and they healed him. They had abilities we don't have. They could heal. They could raise the dead. Peter raised Dorcas from the dead. This was a gift of an apostle that is not at work today. People say, well, the apostles had gifts, and I think they're still alive today. I want to ask you something. Peter raised Dorcas from the dead. Have you seen anybody raise from anybody from the dead lately? No. That doesn't happen. How about they could speak with gloss of foreign languages? Have you heard anybody speaking in Spanish that doesn't know Spanish or, or Norwegian that doesn't know Norwegian and preaching to the people over there? No, people say, well, that's happened. No, it hasn't. Here's something that has not happened to you. God gave these men abilities that if they were bitten by a deadly serpent, it wouldn't affect them. Now, Paul is shipwrecked on the island of Malita in the 28th chapter of Acts. When he's shipwrecked, he gets on the shore, and there's a bunch of wild, ignorant pagans there, and a bunch of natives out there on the shores of Malita, and Paul reaches down into a bunch of sticks, and the Bible says one of these vipers hung on to his hand, and they had fangs that would reach down and they were curved inwardly and they'd hang on and pump that venom into the man and the Bible says that serpent hung on his hands and these evil people said he must be a god because it didn't even swell up. No, he had the gift of an apostle. When the Bible says in the 16th chapter of Mark that you'll take up serpents that don't you doesn't mean you'll take up serpents and if one bites you, maybe you won't die. No, no. Paul didn't die because it wasn't meant for him to die because he had the gift of an apostle. Here's one thing I want to see you do. You say you got the gift of an apostle. This is one that you can't fake. 
I want to see one of you take strychnine and drink a glass of it and have it not affect you. Because they could take it a poison drink and drink any amount of it and they would not die. Now that was the gifts of an apostle. That is not here now. They seem to like the tongues part. They seem to like the uh, uh, faith healing part. When the Bible says you'll lay hands on people and they'll be healed, it doesn't mean you'll lay hands on them and you'll say, Be healed! It doesn't mean that. They just touch somebody and they'll be healed. But God let them know he wanted to, who he wanted them to touch. And that's what Paul did when he was up there in Lystra. He'd healed a man. We don't have that anymore. Now, here we are in... In Acts, the fourth chapter, Peter and John were taken by the Pharisees and said, if you don't quit talking about this man, Jesus, we're going to beat you. Don't pray in his name. So they go back to the other apostles in verse 23. And being let go by the Pharisees, they went on their company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had sent unto them. When they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God. Now, they're doing something they were told not to do. They're speaking out in his name, praying to God, and they were told, we're threatening you. We're going to beat you if you pray or preach in his name. Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. They were all gathered together. The kings were there that day. Herod was there. He was the representative of the Romans in Israel. Herod was was not a legitimate king. He was a, these were descendants of Esau. The Herods were Edomites. That's south of Israel. That's in the land of Esau, the land of Edom. They didn't have any right being king. The king had to come out of Judah, the fourth born son of Jacob. So the kings were there. Pilate was there. He was the governor over Jerusalem. And they were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For the truth against thy holy child Jesus whom thou hast anointed, both Herod was there, Pontius Pilate was there, with the Gentile soldiers piercing his side, and the people of Israel screaming, Crucify him, for they for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. Determined before is the word pro ho rizzo. The death of Christ was at the hands of evil men, when they killed an innocent man, and when you kill an innocent man, that is called murder. So the the death of Christ was preordained by God that these evil men would murder Jesus as the Passover lamb. Now try to figure that out. You can't. And this word, determined before, is one word in the Greek, pro ho rizzo. One other time this word is mentioned. Proho Rizzo. And that's over in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. 
First Corinthians second chapter. We're talking about why men don't believe this. They don't know how evil their heart is. Only God can open up a man's heart. Most everybody here has told me at times, I've got such a wicked heart. I know that. I, how do you know, Jim? Were you around? Did you, some of my family talk to you? They don't have to talk to me. That includes every person that's ever been born. The only difference between us and the non-elect or the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, God has let us know the darkness of our own heart, and you didn't have anything to do with that either. He's made you a vessel of mercy according to his will and according to his grace. Grace is unmerited favor. Unmerited. Totally unmerited by you. You didn't do anything. I'm really glad to hear people say, I don't nobody would know about my past. I've got as evil a past as anybody. But so do you. See, our hearts are very dark outside of Christ. Sometimes you don't know that when you're real young. But if you live long enough, God will let you see that. If you're elect, he'll let you see it. He says here in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, he says here in verse 6, well, let's read 5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. If you have faith, you didn't get it yourself. He had to put it in your heart. Remember, faith and believe, faith and believe are the basic same word. One is the verb, the other is the noun. Faith. The reason people think you're really so evil, especially when you used to be a a heavy metal DJ or you were uh, some punk or in <laughs> and the reason people would hold these things against you because they don't think they ever were as bad as you were, Dave. They thought I was a pretty good guy. I never was a heavy metal DJ. I never did promote that heavy metal music. The heavy metal people seem to know more truth than the Baptist preachers. Because Dave will tell me about all these songs that they sang. And some of them, some of them are about highway to hell and, and burning in hell. And they know more about where they're going than the Baptists know. The burning of Sodom is one of them. Burning of Sodom. <laughs> What's a couple of the other titles? Send me your money. Send me your money. That is a funny, funny, those are funny lyrics. And they got a hold of Benny Hinn and those guys. I, I forget, how does that go? Oh, um, here comes another false preacher. Here comes another con. Here, I can't remember. Here comes another false preacher. Here comes another con. And it's talking about those preachers. And it's, it's funny listening to the words. It's hilarious. But they think, but people think, he was in heavy metal music. He couldn't be a Christian. Oh, like you, a good Baptist deacon, right? Anyway, I don't remember what I was going to say here. Now, they don't know how wicked their heart is. 
God hasn't revealed it to them. And if they're vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, he will never reveal it to them. They'll go to hell being wicked because that's where the wicked go. And they won't put themselves in hell. You cannot put yourself in hell. People say, well, God left them to themselves and they sent themselves to hell. They did not. They were vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. Catortizo fully accomplished to be destroyed. You mean a man can do something so evil to be destroyed and it's not in him? It'd be in him. God hasn't seen fit to bring grace to their life. Catartizo. Fully accomplished to be destroyed. The verse that I really like on this is Second Peter 3.12. These as natural brute beasts are made to be taken and destroyed. I quoted that to a lady in an office one day. And she said, does the Bible actually say that? I said, yes. It said they were made to be taken and destroyed. The only purpose vessels of wrath have is to go to hell and glorify God in it. Made is the word genea, G-E-N-E-A. It, it is, comes from the word G-E-N-N-E-S-I-S, which is the word nativity or birth. They were birthed to go to hell, and we get the word gene from that. It means their genes were put up on this earth to go to hell, and they had no other hope. I always think of these rich guys, but not just the rich guys, the Baptists who won't tell the truth, who won't preach predestination. They don't really care about God. Now, let's finish this. Let's finish this. Your face should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. How be it? We speak wisdom among them that are perfect, teleos, Mature, that means God has dealt with people with the fire and the trial. We speak wisdom among them that are, that are mature and yet not the wisdom of the world, nor the princes of the world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world, ordained before the world, Ordained before is the word prohorizo. Ordained before. You cannot do anything with that. God has predestined all the things that will happen to us. He's predestined everything that's going on. You say, you mean when I go down here and I speed? Yeah. He's given you a rebellious mind that you'll make these decisions that go against him. And he says, now I'm going to teach you not to do that. I'm going to make you old and make you drive slow. I'll put you through enough time till I'll make you leave life alone and quit being frustrated with it. And he's, and when he says, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, he said all of the things that we go through in our life are ordained. Now, 
I'm going to give you some verses that are the most controversial verses in the Bible. And people don't understand this. If you define words, you can't do anything with them. They think, for whom he did foreknow, he also did wish they would conform to the image of Christ. God has predetermined, predetermined us for the horizo. Prohorizo is the word predestinate. This is an H sound. It's a breathing sound. There's no H's in the Greek alphabet. God has predetermined us for the horizon. He's not wishing anybody for the horizo. Not wishing. He's not wishing everybody will accept him because, first of all, you've got to know how wicked and evil your heart is. Now, the Bible will tell you how evil it is, but unless God opens up your heart and you go off and you get in some sin and then God convicts you and you say, why did I do that? Oh, God help me. Now, what he says here in 1 Corinthians 2.14, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him. The natural man, natural, P-S-U-C-H-I-K-O-S. That is our word physical. Physical, psukikos, means the sensual man. Sensual means the man of the senses, the man that can smell, taste, See, hear, touch. This physical man does not receive spiritual things. Receive. The natural man doesn't receive. Well, if he doesn't receive spiritual things, how is it going to get inside of you? Receive, it means you don't have anything to do with getting it into your life. He doesn't receive any kind of spiritual things. What would that be? Well, wanting to serve God, wanting to crucify the flesh, wanting to take a daily cross. The physical man doesn't want to do that. You have to have a new birth from God. This word sukikos, it means physical or sensual. The man that can smell, taste, touch, so forth. Receive is the word dekomai, D-E-C-H-O-M-A-I. Dekomai comes from the word dek, meaning ten. Greek word for ten. Decade is ten years. Decalogue comes from two words, dek and logos, which is the ten words of God of the ten commandments. Dekomai means to reach out the ten fingers. And accept an offer that's been presented. Accept. No such thing as a dead man in his sin. The dead cannot do anything spiritual. The reason is he he is wicked to the core. Well, I never considered myself wicked. That's because God hasn't let you go out 
and play enough games yet. And if you go out and play enough games, you'll find out you've got one of the most wicked things that ever come along in the history of the world. And that's your heart. The heart, not a heart, just the heart of man is wicked above all things, desperately wicked, and who can know it? Man's heart is basically evil. He doesn't have any redeeming qualities. He cannot bring himself to God. He cannot accept anything spiritual. You're dead. The point is, reason people don't believe this, they don't know how dead they are. How dead are you when you're in sin? It's not sins that send you to hell. It's the first sin you ever commit. But nobody's ever showed you really just how evil it is. Nobody's going to preach this in some Baptist church and tell you about the most evil things that's ever happened. And the world is you and your heart. If God ever humbles you to him, there'll be a righteousness in you and that'll be the inner man. And there'll be an unrighteousness, and that'll be self, the outer man. When you start studying the inner and the outer man, that's Christ is in a war against the flesh. The flesh is you. Christ is the new birth in you. And you didn't have anything to do with to get him into your heart. Nothing. You'd have to have some redeeming qualities to get him into your heart, wouldn't you? Do you have anything righteous in you? I thought I, I was a real good little boy. I never did anything to hurt anybody. I was just the prize kid. Dave would spank. Clyde would pick on me, and he's bigger than me, and he'd punch me and hold me, hold his hand up, and I'd be swinging at him, and I couldn't get to him. And Daddy'd come in there and whip both of us. I couldn't understand that. Clyde would just—he was doing it just to be mischievous, and I couldn't understand that. But I was a good kid. I had to grow up, had this big, huge tenor voice, and God let me get into gospel music, and I found out how wicked I was. I had to get out there in the music world. Then I left gospel music, got into the pop music world, and I found out little Jimmy Brown, this innocent little kid, just how wicked his heart was. God just hasn't let you be in that place yet if you don't think. Or he's let you get so deep into you think, God, you can never save anybody like me. But the fact that you can say, say that, you would never save anybody like me, is the fact that you have repented of that old person that you were. And you're saying, I still got that in me. Yeah, you do. But the older you get, the longer you live, and the more beatings you take more that God will teach you that. And he says over in Romans 3, 10 through 12, this is something that everybody is really making a mistake on. I've had people say, let's talk about there's none righteous, not one. Let's talk about babies and grown-ups. No, it's not the whole context. Everything at Rome was about the division between the Jews and the and the. Gentiles. It was a Gentile church with Jews in it. He even says in that in that third chapter, or excuse me, 
in the second chapter of Romans, he says, there's no respect of persons with God. In other words, God doesn't respect the Jews over the Gentiles at Rome. For as many as have sinned outside of the law shall perish outside the law, and as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. Not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. And he said, when the Gentiles which had not the law do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are law unto themselves. So he's talking about the fight and argument between the Jew and the Gentile. When you get into the third chapter, excuse me, the the end of the third, the end of the second chapter, he says circumcision is not outwardly, but it, it it's of the heart, and Jew is not outwardly, but of the heart. So he's trying to settle this argument between the Jew and the Gentile. Then he gets down here to verse 9 in chapter 3. What then are we, Paul speaking of himself as a Jew, better than they, the Gentiles? No, in no wise, for we have before proved before Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. So the context is between Jew and Gentiles, not being dwebies and grown-ups. As it is written, there is none righteous among the Jews and the Gentiles. No, not one. So if you don't have anything righteous in you before you're born again, how are you going to get into heaven? People do not believe in predestination they don't know how wicked they are because god hasn't revealed it to them god has to reveal to your wicked heart everybody here could have had the disposition of adolf hitler people say what are you talking about adolf hitler wasn't any different than thomas jefferson george washington Ben Franklin, Andrew Jackson, James Monroe, who started the Monroe Doctrine. The Monroe Doctrine was the expansion of the Doctrine of Discovery. When the when the Pope gives to Ferdinand and Isabella this Doctrine of Discovery edict, which says you can go to this new land and kill all those natives there, because they're not human beings and they don't have souls, so go over there and just take their land and kill them. They killed a hundred, a million American Indians over several hundred years because they said they didn't have souls. They killed more people than Adolf Hitler killed during World War II. That's what Thomas Jefferson, Andrew Jackson, Andrew Jackson was behind the Doctrine of Discovery that drove the Cherokees out of Georgia all the way through the Trail of Tears, and that comes right down Old Hickory Boulevard and took them all the way to Oklahoma, and 4,500 of these American Indians died on that path. And they didn't care. I'm not out to get reparations for the black man or the red man or the are the the Mexican Americans that owned Texas and and New Mexico and Colorado and most of California? Because under this doctrine of James Monroe's doctrine to go west and 
conquer everything. They, he called it manifest destiny. He just redid the doctrine of discovery. You can go out there and kill all the American Indians you want to. Possess the land. That's our destiny as white people in America. How stupid. What are you going to do about it? You think Hitler was more worse than that? I don't think so. Was Hitler nuts out of his mind? Was James Monroe crazy out of his mind? Was Thomas Jefferson? Thomas Jefferson was behind this. They said in the Doctrine of Discovery that the Pope gave this edict to, it's even on the books now, gave this edict to him. And people are going to think I'm crazy when I'm saying this and they see this on TV. You need to go to Barnes & Noble and get a copy of the Doctrine of Discovery. It's a great book. And the American Indians know they were treated this way. And the black men in America know he, he was, it was told in America that slaves don't, they're black. They don't have souls. Really? I, I think Glenn has a soul, don't you? His heart's been convicted. Charday has a soul. It just, America has been run into the ground by a bunch of insane people. You actually think the founders of this nation were Christians? Thomas Jefferson said he couldn't run his nail factories without slaves. Said he didn't believe in slavery, but he had to keep them nonetheless. Just it's, don't think because you've been talked to about patriotism that these guys were actually wonderful founding fathers. They weren't. They didn't mind sleeping with them. Yeah, they didn't mind sleeping with them. Babies with them. And Thomas Jefferson didn't just run around with Sally Hemings. He had all kinds of women in Europe. It's, you just haven't been told. You know, this is kind of like America's kind of like most American people. America doesn't know how wicked they were 300, 400 years ago. They just don't know. They All this is hidden from them. And we've got... Barnes and Noble, Books of Million, and all these book places, you can go in there and go into the history section and ask for Richard Shankman's books, historian, uh, research for the Library of Congress. Used to be on Larry King's show all the time. And Larry King would say, Mr. Shankman, you're the presidential historian. He didn't even know he was talking to a man that believed all of this because he didn't bring it out on Larry King's show. Larry King would make things go however he wanted to go. We don't even know how wicked America was. I've said this before so many times. We were founded on a wicked concept. Democracy and capitalism is wicked. It lets men go out here and get in business and cheat and lie and be thieved to each other. That was... That was demon, demonion, D-A-I-M-O-N-I-O-N. is our word demon, and it means to distribute fortunes. has the exact same, right nearly to the words, as capitalism. Capitalism, they founded America on a, an evil concept so that man can fulfill his flesh. And when you, in the first chapter of in the second chapter of Acts, Acts two, they had 
all the apostles brought all of their wealth or whatever they had, brought it to the feet of the apostles, apostles, and they all distributed and had all things common. Common is the word K-O-I-N-O-N-I-A. Koinonia. And when you translate that into Latin, it's the word C-O-M-M-U-N-I-S. An atheistic nation like Russia founded, that was called socialism. But see, it's not going to work if you've got Putin, Gorbachev, Khrushchev, and these guys in charge, they're not going to have that in common. You have to. You got to have Peter and Paul and James and John in charge of communists. It's the only way it works. See, Russia founded their founded their their world on an evil concept, on a good concept, and America's founded on an evil concept. It's no wonder God's going to come back and destroy all this. And people don't like me saying these things. Well, wasn't it Ananias that God struck dead? Yeah, he, he was Ananias and Sapphira. Or like one people, person called it Sapphire. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, Kingfisher's wife. But uh, it's it's crazy what America. We don't know the darkness of our own foundation in this nation. I've made it my point to study it real hard, and I I found that I can tell it to people, and they just go, well, "That's interesting." Well, let me go back to my world, and that's all you can get out of them. <laughs> All of the founding, all the fathers in the early 1800s knew about the doctrine of discovery. The reason Jefferson sent Lewis and Clark to the Northwest in the doctrine of discovery, all they had to do, since these were Native Americans out there, they were American Indians ruling out there, and they didn't want to fence off everything, but that's what we did when we went out there and discovered it. If you planted an American flag and you were a white Anglo-Saxon Roman Catholic from Europe, you could claim any land you wanted to by placing a flag on a river, and everywhere the tributaries went, you were claiming that for America. That's why Thomas Jefferson sent Lewis and Clark, the greatest explorers that ever, them along with Fremont, went out there to the Northwest, was to claim it all and run all the American Indians off. The same way the black man was picked up out of Africa. I don't have anything nice to say about the founding of America. It's... How could America believe anything than what they believe? They believe they all got this free will to do what they want to do. So that's why the churches, I really believe democracy and capitalism has helped this nation be as apostate as it is. It's an attitude in America. We can go out there and start our own business and cheat and lie and steal. What do we have to do to be successful? You go and ask any of these guys. I went online one time. And I thought I'd just look and see if if uh, Bill Gates had actually stolen Windows. Uh, 
something. I guess it was windows he was supposed to have stolen from his partner. And somebody asked him, did you steal windows? He said, well, certainly I did, blankety blank. Just not even, no shame at all. You don't know your, we don't know the history of America and men don't know their own hearts. If they think America's okay, most patriotic people think America's okay because they think we were founded on Christianity and we weren't. You don't have Jesus or God the Father listed anywhere in the Constitution. You got the God of nature. In Psalms 14, 1 through 3, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. You don't have to say there is no God. You just can say there's a God, but it's a different than the God of the Bible. It's a God that let us do all that we want to do. Well, that is not Jesus. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. The fool has said in heart, there is no God. That's not talking about... It's talking about men who say there's no God to guide my life. I go to church, but he's not going to tell me what to do. I've got my business. What really gets me, we've got all kinds of proof of these truths in our libraries. We've got it in this Bible, and people don't want to believe it. The Lord looked down from heaven. I'm still in Psalms 14, 1 through 3. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They're all gone aside. They're all together become filthy. There's none that doeth good. No, not one. And that includes everybody that's a believer. Nevertheless, an unbeliever, all vessels of wrath and all vessels of mercy, the only thing that God's going to take to heaven with him is the ones he's birthed and had mercy on to birth the inner man, and he's going to give us, going to give us a new body one day and do away this with this flesh. That's the only people that gets to go to heaven, and it's by no good that we do. Ecclesiastes 7.20 there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. No one is just before God. If there's any just, any dikaiao, any innocent before God, that God has to make us innocent or guiltless. Amamos. He's called us to be without blame or innocent. That's the inner man. A-O-M-O-S. Reason men don't believe in predestination. God is... Don't try to convince somebody about predestination. I am only looking for God's elect. They've been elect from the foundation of the world. Don't fight somebody over the truth. Just say, evidently you're a vessel of wrath fitted to destruction. You were born to go to hell. I don't have time for you. I've got to go now. It's better to say that if they are elect, that will bother them. You don't have to convince anybody. All that the Father giveth me, Jesus said, shall come to me. God's going to put a new man's heart in every one of his family. And the rest of the world 
which is the majority of the world, you read these verses and people say, well, that's not me. Uh, That means somebody down here in Africa or somebody on the Amazon in South America. No, it doesn't. It means you. Then Job 15, 14 through 17. What is man that he should be clean? He doesn't have any cleanness in him. And he which is born of woman, that he should be righteous. Behold, God putteth no trust in his saints. Those who he has set aside to be holy, he's not going to trust you to be holy. He's going to come and birth himself in you when you're one of his elect, but you don't have enough good in you to come and to be born again. But you have to be born again, but that will be by God's will, not by yours. So quit looking to change people's mind and turn them around. Nobody can be turned except by God. I talk to people all the time. I never quit talking to people. Never quit giving out DVDs. Had a plumber come over today. Called him. He said, you're that guy that gives away the tapes, aren't you? I said, that's me. So when he come, I'd already give him a DVD. I didn't give him another one. Figure, well, if you don't watch that one, you won't watch another one. Behold, he putteth no trust in his saints. Yea, the heavens are not clean in his sight. Nothing is clean. The moon is not clean. The earth is not clean. How much more abominable and filthy is man which drinketh iniquity like water. He's not talking about particularly bad men. He's talking about all men drink iniquity like water until he comes by his grace and will and births himself into the heart of his elect family. Then he starts working on us and says, you have to go through fire and trials and tribulation so I can perform what Romans 8 and 29 says I want to perform in you whom he did foreknow he also did predestinate to be conformed into the image of Christ image icon likeness What part of you is going to be like Christ? Every part of you. He's going to put you through so much fire and trials. He'll come to the place of just bringing this outer man to nearly a halt. The older you get, the more fire and trials you go through. You're going to become more and more like Christ. Icon is our word, I-C-O-N. Icon. An icon is something that represents it. An icon of rock and roll music would be Elvis Presley or Chuck Berry or one of those people. That would be an icon. An icon of the presidency would be John Kennedy, Theodore Roosevelt, Harry Truman. These are some icons. And we're going to be like Jesus before it's over with. You're going to change I have changed. I don't even have the attitude I had 15 years ago. And I'll be 80 next week. I don't have the same attitude I had when I was 65. I don't want to fight nobody no more. People will write and they'll try to fight me and write these insulting 
and these insulting emails and I read some of them I just start laughing now used to back 20 years ago I'd get mad at them I want to tell these people off now I just say forget it because you're not going to fix anybody's mind have you figured that out yet you can't change anybody the only way you can change them is have the right attitude of Christ and be like Jesus. Well, I'm going to yell at them because that'll help them turn away from... No, it won't. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stirreth up anger. You're not going to get to anybody by yelling at them, are you? You ever do that? I don't do You don't do it anymore? <laughs> Well, most of us, we learn over the years. How much time do I have, Mike? Twenty-four. Twenty-four. Let's read some more of these. Matthew nineteen seventeen. A young man comes to Jesus and says, Good Master, what good thing shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There's none good but God. Now, what you have to understand, if you called anyone good, Agathos, Agathos Master, at that time, Augustus was the Caesar of Rome. If you called anyone good, that was the same thing as saying Augustus was not good, and that was a death sentence. And Jesus said, Why are you calling me good? If I'm good, I'm God. That's what he was saying to him. So I don't know if that reason you can call me good. I have to be God. And if you're calling me God, you're giving allegiance to me rather than to rather than to Augustus Caesar. That would split the difference between them. And then Romans seven eighteen, Paul is saying, I've got this inner man that does right. I've got the outer man that serves the law of the flesh. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. When Paul says, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Paul is saying, I have been born again, but in the flesh there's nothing good. So there's no good thing in my flesh. Now this ought to tell us something about us, because Paul is saying, how to perform katergadzavai. Fully accomplish how to fully accomplish that which is good is not in me. He said, with my flesh, I serve the law of the flesh. With the inner man, I serve the law of God. Oh, wretched man that I am, who can deliver me from the body of this flesh? I'm so tired of me and my flesh. I'm really at that point at my age. I am tired of dealing with this flesh. I really am. I don't mind when it comes time to go to be with the Lord. I look forward to it. 
I get up every day, look out the window. I think of the world does not want this message. I use what really depresses me more than anything is to look at a world, go out here and talk to people. They all just kind of back away from me. Hey, Jim. Hey, hey, Mr. Brown. Hey, you're not going to get us, are you? That's what they act like. I'm going to get them. I'm not going to get you. I'm just telling you, if you're not elect, you're supposed to feel the way you feel. But it's very depressing. Jesus was a man of sorrows and a pain acquainted with grief. Had a shirt on today. Ecclesiastes one eighteen. On the front of it, it says, In much wisdom is much grief. On the back of it, He that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. I've told you all about wearing that to my, into my doctor's office one day. Dr. Lapotis, my cardiologist, looked at that front of the shirt. In much wisdom is much grief. He said, That's really true. That is really a good shirt. I said, I didn't say that. Solomon said that. Ecclesiastes one eighteen, right down here on the bottom. And I said, the back of it says, and man that increases knowledge, he knows that's true because he's 60 You can't get 60 and be a doctor in the world and not know that the more you learn, the more grieved and sad you're going to get. I'm very sad. Jesus was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And if you're going to be like Jesus, the more you learn, the wiser you get, you're going to be grieved at a world that hates the Word of God. And they hate it. They don't like this thing that I'm saying here. And then he says over there, and he said, I don't know how to perform what's right. What's amazing to me, he says, how to perform that which is good I don't find in me. In Philippians 2, 13 says, God says, work out your own salvation in verse 12. Work out your own salvation. That word work out is katrogadzomai and is imperative mood. I thought, well, how, when I first time I read that, I thought, well, how can Paul say, give an imperative command to work out katrogadzomai when he says, I can't do it. Well, the next verse says, it is God that works in you. It is God that catrogatsomai in you to willing to do of his good pleasure. If you belong to God, God has, has to do all the working in you. You cannot work out anything. Because you don't have anything good in you. you got to keep remembering. The only good in us is that inner man, Christ, in you, the hope of glory. If you ever do anything right, it'll be God working in you. You're not as good as you think you are. Even a lot of Christians don't know that to the full extent yet. They're not as good as they think they are. If God turned us over to our own desires, ain't no telling what each one of us would do. If He just let go of us, pulled every restraining hand off of us, said, go to your evil deeds, we would do the worst. All of us. Isn't that true? Well, preachers are not going to preach this message. That's for sure. I love Psalm 62 and 9. This will show you how bad you are. 
Surely men of low degree are vanity. What are men of low degree? Hebo, worthless. Men of low degree are people that are not men of high degree. Truck drivers, people that work in the marketplace down here, people that sell flowers, people that sweep floors and stores, people that are checkers and stores. They're worthless. Well, it sounds like God's not, he's not going to lift up the men of high degree. Then he said, men of high degree are a lie. Whoa. Men of high degree are going to be lawyers, doctors, owners of companies. Why are they all a lie? Because they lie to get everything they have. If you have the least desire to twist the truth to make money, let me tell you, being like Jesus is not an easy thing. If you have your own desire to twist the truth so you can come out with a better situation and a deal, you've stolen from those people. Has anybody ever done that? I have done that. I have done that to get a better deal. You know when God really dealt with me on that? I used to go into a service station down here. And I'd get a, uh, what do you call it? Not a coffee, but one of those things they make. And they would give me a large one and charge me for a small one. I'd say, wait a minute, you've got, that's not right. And they'd say, what do you mean it's not right? I said, you're not charging me enough. I'd say, oh, okay, thank you very much. They were ready to jump my case. It was when somebody would leave their cross pin in the car and I was selling real estate, and I'd see it, I'd take it and put it in my pocket and say, well, I come out smiling like a rose there. I didn't because I was doing wrong. When you think you're getting by with little things, you might as well steal a car in the eyes of God. You might as well steal money out of your mother's purse, steal her rent money, as to do little things. God's had to deal with me on little things. You can't get by with it. If you don't know your heart, it's because God hasn't dealt with you and convicted you on little things. Now, it says men of high degree are a lie. And to be laid in the balance, they, the men of high degree and low degree, here's them in the balance. Here's a balance. Be laid in the balance. They're all together lighter men of low degree and high degree. They balance the scales down and they make low degree and high degree. They're all together lighter than vanity. That's what it's talking about. Men of low degree and high degree. It doesn't matter what kind of work you do.
The Bible says the work of a laboring man is sweet. The wealth of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. The rich are laying there in bed all night long. I used to do this in real estate. I'd be thinking about deals I could make. I think I could do this and buy this house and tell this woman that. And I couldn't follow through with it. I'd come up with all kinds of ways to make lots of money. Has anybody done that besides me? I have done that. Laid there. And upon my bed, I've thought about how. But when it came down to it, I couldn't follow through with it. I said, I can't do that. It See, we may as well to follow through with it and try to get by with cheating somebody by simply bending the facts and saying, well, you know, you can do this and I can do this. I just couldn't cheat people. And then Proverbs 20 and 9. Who can say I've made my heart clean? I am pure from my sin. The whole idea is nobody can say that. You can't say I made my heart clean. I'm pure from my sin. Nobody has any good thing in them. You have nothing in you to make yourself clean. The reason people don't believe in predestination, God has not revealed to them, and if they're vessels of wrath, He will never reveal to them the wickedness of their heart. There's no difference between us that are believers and them that are unbelievers other than the fact that God had grace on us and opened our hearts up and see see how dark your heart is. And instead of saying, praise God, I'm a Christian and I love God with all my heart. Instead of saying that, you want to drop your head in shame and say, oh God, forgive me what I've done like the, like the man there in Luke 18. God be merciful to me, a sinner. I have cheated and lied. Unless God reveals to you how dark your heart is, you'll never repent. And when you do, you won't raise your hand up and say, Praise God, Amen, Hallelujah, Lord. You won't do that. You drop your head in shame and say, Oh God, why did I do that? And God made these people in Proverbs 16 and 4. The Lord has made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. People don't like that verse. God has a purpose for evil. It's just like he said in the sixth chapter of John. He looked at the apostles and said, Have not I chosen you twelve? And one of you is a devil, Judas. Judas had a job to do. And people say, But Judas repented. He did not. The Bible says, there in Mark, the 14th chapter, it had been better for that man that he'd never been born that betrayed Christ. Better if he'd never been born. You wouldn't say that about a vessel of mercy. How much time do you have, Mike? Yeah. And when you look over here in Micah 7 and 2, a good man perished out of the earth and there is none upright among men they all lie and wait for blood and they hunt every man his neighbor with a net Whew. well it's tough 
That don't mean just mean men. That means any man that hasn't had the grace of God poured out upon his life. And the grace, grace charis, means unmerited favor. You didn't do anything to deserve it. Charis. Grace. If you ever have the grace of God in your life, you'll recognize your darkness of your heart. You recognize how wicked your heart is. And you'll repent but only because God turns you and you don't have anything in yourself to turn yourself with. I always thought I was a good boy when I was a little. I was about as good a kid as you could find. Made good grades in school. Always trying to be upright. I was convicted from the time I was young. I was a believer when I was six, seven years old. I had to grow up go into the music world and find out just how wicked my heart was. I could have ended up in prison. I'm not going to tell anybody about that. I'm ashamed of my life in the past. Sometimes I'll just drop my head and say, Lord, why did I do that? Fight my battles, Lord. There's people that will rise up to try to stop me try to stop this ministry. Lord, let not man prevail against thee. I pray that prayer often. And the Bible says in Romans 16 and 9, a man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directs his steps. You may be devising all the things that you were going to do. I was going to be a famous singer, a famous pop singer, world famous, and I was going to be uh, out here just doing all these great things for God at the same time. God says, no, you're not. David was going to be a famous boxer and, and promoter of rock music, but he's not. He works for Grace and Truth Ministries. And your life is going to be completely different 10 years from now than what it is today. And 10 years from now, if I'm not dead, I'll be close to it. Because I'll be 90 in 10 years. Not many people live to be 90. But I don't say that pitifully. I say that in hopes of Jesus Christ. And people will wonder, why does God do that? People say, well then why would God just intentionally ordain people to hell? We've already discovered that. God willing to show the wrath of the men in the world. Romans 9.22 He's willing to do that so He can make His power known. People are going to be glorifying God when they're cast into hell by the will of God, not by their own will. Job 33.13 says, Why dost thou strive against God? He doesn't give account to any of his matters, anything he's doing. He's not going to ask, answer any of us what he's doing, why he's doing it. In Micah 7 and 2, The good man is perished out of the earth. There is none upright among men. They all lie and wait for blood. They hunt every man his brother with a net. 
That's what man does. Well, that's just evil, man. Well, that's your heart. Just to, that's the heart of every man that ever lived. If God doesn't redeem us out of it, Isaiah 45 and 7, God says, I form light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. The whole subject there is about God calling the Persian kings to come in and overthrow Babylon and destroy it. And he says, I'll call them in. And those men there in the 13th chapter of Isaiah will rape the women. God says, I'll cause that to happen. People say, God wouldn't do that. God says, I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. If you think you're going through a hard time in life, you're supposed to. When you're, it's real difficult when you're young, like our new young gal over here, to understand this. When you start going through hard things, I'll tell you what you do. Just talk to some of these people, and they'll tell you the things they've been through. It's supposed to happen. We must, through much tribulation, enter the kingdom of God. Job said in the first chapter, Naked came I out of my mother's womb. Naked shall I go thither. In other words, I'm not going to leave here with anything. I've told Eric lately, I said, anything I own is going to be yours very shortly. He said, I don't want you to talk about that. I said, that's not a matter of wanting to talk. It's a matter of my age. And it's a matter of thinking reality. Isn't it amazing all these rich people die? Michael Jackson died and all of his family's fighting over all his property. Whitney Houston died. And there's fights going all over the place for her money. And they said recently they have an investigation going on. And uh, what's her name? The Queen of Soul. Aretha Franklin. They said somebody is going in there and taking eighty-five million dollars out of her funds. They don't know who it is, what's happened, but they got a big investigation going. When you're gone, the point is it's not your money anymore, and your family can fight over it and argue over it. And tough luck, and it's nothing but a bunch of dirt. All this is going to dissolve one day. The reason people don't like predestination, they just don't know how evil their heart is. I'm not talking about evil men's hearts. I'm talking about everybody's heart outside of Christ coming in by His grace and birthing Himself in you. You deserve everything you get. Besides that, if God is going to form us into the likeness of Jesus takes a lot of fire to do that my life reads like a panoramic movie reminds me of the cinemascope where it's supposed to cover the big wide screen my life has been like a movie I've been in blizzards 
I've stood on stage with famous people. I've traveled all over the country. All famous people I've ever been around, you know what they are? Jerks. <laughs> Real jerks. They think, I'm as wonderful as my press material says I am. No, you're not. You're going to die, and all famous people die. And when it's over, nobody's going to think you're wonderful anymore. It's over. And they'll be fighting over your money if you made any. It's funny the way you look at things when you get old. It's not the way you look at it when you're young. Because you've seen all these people die along the way. Me and Dave are always talking about the rock and roll people that are dying. They're dying right and left. And they got nothing anymore. They're in a dead cat, they're in a body. Elvis not as pretty as he used to be. He's laying over in a casket in a grave in Memphis, and his bones are all wrinkled up. He don't. He's not real handsome no more. He's an ugly old corpse. And none of that money belongs to him. It's over. We've got to realize men love dirt. That's why they hate the daily cross. I'm out of time. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for truth. Thank you for letting us see what you're like and what we're like. Thank you for revealing my heart to me. Because, Lord, if you hadn't of, I would have never known you in your grace. Help the people here to realize they're not better than vessels of wrath, that you just have shown them their hearts. And you never show the vessels of wrath their hearts. Thank you for your truth. Fight our battles for us. Help us to overcome this world. You said faith was the victor that overcomes the world. That's death to self. We'll praise you for everything that you do. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Well, that's good. Did you get an um, email from me today? Yeah, I got your checks in the car. Oh, good. I forgot to bring them in. I'll go out there and get them right now. I appreciate it, Brother Jim. <laughs> Makes okay. my job much easier. <laughs> Let me turn this off. I don't need it at all.